Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kara. Yeah. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm coming to you in like full on cinematic version because we got new fiber internet. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, this is, it's actually, I don't even know how to feel about it because I can see you for starters. And normally you're like a blur or a black blob on the screen and I can see you and we don't have the delay we're always having to deal with. Like we can actually have a conversation now and me not sit around and wait for you to hear the conversation and then respond. So this is pretty awesome. We're like up in the tech world. Yeah, I've, well, like I've joined 2023, right? It's it's <laughs> like I've I've moved out of the I've moved out of the 1990s finally and, and gotten oh my to gosh. gotten to reality and it was so much fun cuz we got this through our electric co-op in Butler, Missouri. It's Osage Valley Electric and uh, they sent this crew out to run the line from the pole. This has all been a big adventure for these poor guys who had to stall the internet because they have to run it on the light pole. So they had to run it across the end of our lake. So they had to borrow my boat. One of them got wet, but they were high-end adventurers by the end of the day. It was so cute to watch them figure out how to do it and send the stuff across. And so, yeah, it was entertaining. We didn't have paddles, but they were really inventive. They used their shovels to paddle themselves across the the Oh, my God. This is impressive. This is impressive to me because I would think here in Florida that if the technicians were to come out and there were obstacles in their way, they would just leave. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't, sorry, you're not eligible. There's a pond in the way. So that's pretty impressive. Well, in Florida, see, they could have gotten eaten by an alligator in the pond. Here in Missouri, they only had to battle the beavers. I have a family of beavers who have moved into the end of our lake. But yeah, I could see if I were in Florida watching some of those uh, Florida TikToks that I see about them damn alligators that can climb fences (laughs) and all kinds of stuff. I, I would think that if I had to get in a boat in Florida, I would be a little bit more cautious as well. But here in Missouri, about the the worst thing that's going to happen to you as a beaver is going to smack you in the face with his tail. So yes, but they got it run. It got hooked up. And it's just amazing. On another note, my DPS in my gaming world went way up. So oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. I don't know I'm, how you were doing that before. Like I don't really probably kicking either. Butt on there now. <laughs> I watch out uh, make believe monsters. You're you're all in trouble now that I have good internet. So <laughs> yep. Well, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, that's a great question. We are talking about segmenting your customers. And this is such perfect timing. I just went through this process to some extent on my own because I've been working really hard on getting my clients segmented. When I first started, I just let everyone fall, everyone that came in onto my mailing list just landed in the same client pot. 
wherever they were coming from. Either I was entering them or they were coming in. They were just in one big pot. So I've had to on the back end, start the segmentation process and then set that up so that everybody knew that comes in and goes through the segmentation on their own. So this is such perfect timing to talk about this. It is. And and your state of affairs of how your customers started out and then you having to take them through the segmenting process, yeah. I think is really common. I mean, yeah. I have uh, been involved in email marketing and CRM sales of software. I've been an affiliate for constant contact and another product called keep for over a decade now so I can tell you that this is a place where I think a lot of businesses stumble. Like it's very Mm -hmm. difficult I think to wrap your head around it and here's the thing. I had a home organizer come into my house yesterday. Very sweet woman but I have a lot of stuff like we've just shoved it in drawers over the years like it's not organized in any form or fashion. And to me, it's overwhelming, like it's Mm -hmm. crazily overwhelming to think about sorting it all out. And I feel like a lot of business owners feel that way about this process, right? They feel like, oh my gosh, sorting it out is going to be so painful. I would rather just live with the mess than to try to go through the sorting process because I don't know how to do it. And so in this episode of the business animal today, what our hope is, is that you walk away with a lot better understanding of how to actually make this happen, how to actually make your divisions and your segments in your customer database and make it make sense for you and how you want it organized. And hopefully I will be able to channel the woman that came. Her name is Joni. She's with All Things Organized. She was so kind because I am definitely not when it comes to my house, the organized human at all. I'm much better (laughs) with my CRM than I am with the stuff in my home. So hopefully we will be as kind and good hearted as Joni was yesterday with me with my home in this episode. So do you want me to dive right in? Yeah, you can dive right in. I just I just want to add that I understand because this is what I did. When I first started my business, I knew I needed an email list, but I didn't exactly know what the heck I was going to do with it. And I didn't fully understand the different types of clients I was going to have coming in and the different phases that they were going to go through in the journey. So what I did is I was like, well, having a mailing list, like having a client list and having this, this is better than nothing. And then I can deal with segmenting later. So that has been a painful process that later dealing with it later. So if there's folks out there that are just getting started, maybe we're also hopefully catching some people like at the early stages of that. And that would be really hopeful. That would make me happy too. And I think that you have some good things in here about the why. And I think it's important to remember there's a reason why you are doing this that is going to make your life so much better. And the bottom line to it is, is you're going to end up with more money. And if that is something you want in your business, this is what this process does. It gets you more sales. It gets you more repeat business. It gets you more loyalty. It converts people. So... It's the worth concept, the time. Yeah. Yeah. The concept here is that it feels like you're doing a lot of work for what appears to be like 
busy work or no reason. But Mm -hmm. the bottom line to it is it is anything but that. And I think that this kind of stuff gets by a lot of business owners, it gets kicked to the curb because it doesn't feel like it's that important or that urgent. But let me tell you something. If you're looking at your bank account or you're looking at your balance sheet and you're saying, damn, I wished I had more money. This is a place where you can start to make that happen. So hear me loud and clear. There's a reason why you want to do this. The other thing that happens in this, I think people don't understand their sales process completely or they're still figuring it out. And that becomes an issue for them in order to figure out what their sales process is. So our number one in our big three today is understanding the consumer and the customer journey. And I think it's really, really important to start here because this is where you form your sales process. This is how you understand how customers move through your business. And just to give you a heads up as to where we're going, dear listeners out there, is that we're going to talk about the timeline piece and then we're going to talk about how to effectively communicate and then we're going to talk about how how to use a system for our big three today. Are you ready for me to dive into my whole spiel about consumer customer journey? <laughs> yes, you can go ahead and do that. The only thing I will add to what you just said is that the conversion part is probably the most important, but that other piece about customer satisfaction, like this is a great way when you get this figured out, this is how you're going to nurture and retain as well. So you're going to have those repeat customers. So that's another reason. Yes, you need to look at your bottom line, but that is another piece of that that is huge. And that sometimes that gets kind of pushed to the side once they're through your process. So absolutely. Yes. Jump into the customer journey. So we've discussed this before on this podcast. Now, if you've heard it before, I recommend that you listen to it again, because it's my experience that every time you go through the process of learning about your consumer customer journey, that you are going to get a little bit more clarity and a little bit more information about it. So we're going to divide this journey into two steps. There's the consumer part of it, which is not in your business. And you don't have as much control over that part, but you need to really understand it because you can interact with customers at any phase during that part. And it's important that you interact with them appropriately because, for example, you wouldn't talk to somebody who is just really aware that there's a now a solution to their problem in the same way that you would talk to somebody who's already interacted with your business, been in your shop, maybe even called you on the phone and done some type of discovery or questioning call. So you need to be really aware of that consumer part of things and where people are. Then once that consumer makes the connection, then they move into being a customer. And it's important to understand how they move through the process of being a customer. And again, this is sometimes where people drop the ball as well, because they start to understand, oh, I need new sales to make money. So the consumer part comes really easily. They start to learn about that. And a lot of ahas happen. And then they're like, oh, you're now a customer. I got you. You're in my basket. but customers are wiggly little rabbits and they'll jump right on out of the basket. So you've got to, if you don't keep the lid on it and kind of keep them under, under control, it's, it's, they're going to hop away. 
That's a cute a metaphor to, for you. That's a cute little <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Eugene Swartz, back in 1966, we all love Mr. Eugene Swartz. You can Google him. He's an interesting character. But he came up with the consumer journey. And there's five steps to this journey. The consumer starts out completely unaware they have a problem. <laughs> And uh, we all know people like that. And then at some point, they become where they have a problem, but they don't know that there's a solution for it. And then eventually they'll come to solution aware, then they become aware of your specific solution, and then they become most aware. And at that point in time, most aware is usually where they make connection and they move from being in the consumer journey into the customer journey because now they've reached out to you and they have made the connection. Then at this point, they move into a consideration phase where they're going to think about whether or not they want to buy something from you. And then the conversion phase where they say, yes, I do or no, they don't. And, and they leave. And then if they say yes, then they're going to move into the loyalty phase. So every single phase in this journey, in these nine steps, is really, really important in understanding how you're communicating to people where they're at. So yep. one of the first things that you want to do when you're segmenting your customers is you want to figure out what conversations do I need to have with people in each specific zone, right? So truthfully, you're not going to be talking to unaware people. That doesn't usually happen in any type of a communication thing. Problem aware people are going to be asking their friends or basically they're going to be complaining about the problem and the friend is going to say, hey, I found a solution to that. And they're going to move into solution aware. Solution aware is where people use Google. These are where the people are going to come to your website. Then when they see your website, they're going to through Google searches or through their friend's referral, they're going to be now become your solution aware. And this is where you can start really communicating with them because here's where you want to utilize this journey to point out how you're different, point out how you can solve their problem, point out more education about their problem, whatever the case may be. And then they become very aware about you. Then they reach out. Now they've moved to the customer part. And now you have to shift the conversation because now you've created the awareness with them, told them a little bit about how you're different. Now you need to help sell them. So the consideration phase is really the sales phase. At that point, they're going to say yes or no. If they say yes, then you go ahead and provide the service part of the deal, which we're going to talk about in the next of the big three. And then finally, they move into being that loyal bunny in the basket. But you're not done. You've got to keep them coming back. You also need to send out stuff to ask for reviews. I mean, there's a ton of places here where you can really interact with the client and provide them better service and better sales support in order to keep them coming back. And like we said, it's very important to your bottom line because here's the statistic. A returning customer spends 70% more than the first time they were with you. And let me tell you, my friends, that is important. So actually, Huge. those people that are already on your list, they're gold. 
the ones that are in your database are gold. And keeping your relationship up with them is really, really important. Do you think I covered that well? Do you have any questions, Kara, or anything you'd like to add to no, that? No, I think you did. And we did a full episode on customer journey. Yes. And I will go before the end of this episode and find that episode number so that we can give it to folks. I'll pull that up real quick too. So yes, I do think that we covered that. And if people want more detail, we have a full episode that we've pulled on this. Absolutely. And I want to plug my book while I'm here. I wrote this great little book called The Little Book of Big Sales Moves that talks a lot about this journey and then how it corresponds to the sales process in your business. And it's available for $10. That includes the shipping if you go to bemorebusiness.com. So if you go to bemorebusiness.com, scroll down, you'll see the book right there. Order your copy. It'll come to you if you want it autographed. Drop me a little email and I'll even sign the book for you. But those come directly from me and you can also get it on Amazon, but you'll pay $4 more and you don't get my personal love. I was going to say, I didn't get a signed version. I guess I'm going to have to haul it with me to Montana next, uh, later this month. Yes, you are to get a signed version. <laughs> you were actually one of my first sales. So you I was your first that. sale, yes. I believe. So yes, I think you were my first sale. <laughs> but you weren't signing them at that point, probably. <laughs> okay. So do we want to go, let's see, considering what you want and how to effectively communicate with customers for better sales and service. So this is the next step. Once you have people through the process, now you need to look at this. So why don't you take this one away? You've got some great points here in our document. Well, this is what I'm actually working on in my business right now. And you can please feel free to jump in and flesh out because this is kind of what I'm working on. So I had this big pile, I'm calling it a pile of clients, past clients, possible clients, people who had shown interest but never gone anywhere. Like you can picture, you probably have them in your business too. If you're a silly person like me and didn't really understand how important this was at the beginning of your business, you probably have this big pile or pot of clientele or consumers that are just waiting for something to happen that are on your list. So I have been going through this phase and I went through the process of segmenting, which was really time consuming, but I did a lot of things to segment. And I feel like I have my people pretty well segmented out at this point. Like I've got them in their own little pots now. So now I'm in this phase where I'm kind of mapping out what I want that communication to look like for those people now that I've have it segmented. So the first thing that I have started working on is really identifying all of my customer touch points. So I've gone through and thought about, okay, I know they're coming in through the website, social media, I'm getting emails, I'm getting phone calls, I'm meeting people in person. I have people that make purchases, maybe they go online and purchase gift certificates for other family members. So I'm kind of identifying all of the touch points. And I have done that. And so now I'm at the stage where I'm really working out my customer journey. So I'm spending time determining all of those stages that a customer will go through when they actually book me and when they interact, or I'm just kind of going through and mapping each one of those possible, like choose your own adventure mapping system that you could have there. And then I'm going in and I'm mapping 
all of those touch points that I talked about originally to the journey. So if they're coming in through my website, they're coming in through social media, through email, wherever they're coming in, I'm then mapping them to that journey in the right spots. So that's been a real adventure for me and I'm still working on that. And I'm excited like kind of for the next stages, which is for me identifying pain points and then looking for any opportunity that I can to improve experience. Because I have a lot of stuff that I already do to improve experience through my process. So now I'm just working on really kind of linking it in and automating it in all the right places to take some of that work off of my table. What do you think about that process, Kim, as someone who has done this a lot for other people, done it for yourself, and then you're watching me muddle my way through it? I love everything you're doing. And I think Uh it's so crucial. But what I want to say to our listeners is it can feel overwhelming because you see the bigger picture at the end of the tunnel. And where you are right now makes that bigger picture look really, really, really far away. So one of the first things I want to say is you can start this process in a much smaller way and start with a little bit at a time. You don't have to try to create the entire thing at one time. The thing that I loved about Kara's way she was talking about this is that it escalated, right? So she started by getting the pile of customers together. Then she started looking at their journey. Then she started mapping her own points of how she wanted to move them through. And now she's looking at leveling up into understanding them better, into creating better experience for them, and into the final piece, which is automating as much of it as, as there is possible. Automation and improvement of the customer experience are two things that I think we all want as business owners, but I think it's also important to understand that there's a lot of work goes in ahead of those things. So we've all been sold on the fact that automation makes our businesses easier. But when you're in this process, and correct me if I'm wrong for you, Kara, it's a lot more work than you normally would have. Yeah, I've had to dedicate, like really dedicate like days to this, like sitting down and thinking through and watching videos. And it's more difficult than what I expected it to be, like because I didn't start out the right way. And I even hope to move into a phase where I'm measuring the performance of what I've created, where I'm actually tracking sales better and looking at conversion rates for people going through my process. So I really want to get to that phase where I am starting to see, oh, wow, like this person went through this whole process and and it converted to a sale, you know? So I'm hoping to get to that place where I can regularly just monitor the conversion rates. Well, yeah. And then you can get into experimentation. Like how can you up the conversion rates? You know, what can you do all the time? Yeah. This is another part of your business that's Mm -hmm. not done. I mean, it just is, it's a constant work in progress, like your website. I have these people and say, oh, I just did my website. It's done. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. (laughs) So (laughs) this is the same thing. I just went through the process of segmenting my customers and creating automations and I'm done. No, you're not. This is one of those things where if you start to set that expectation that it's going to be a completed check mark on your list it's not going to function for you. It is a routine maintenance program that you have to keep going back and looking and looking and looking for. Before we get off this topic on this particular big three, though, I want to talk with the businesses who are sitting there going, I don't even know how to start. So 
I think that the first step in all of this is to take a look at your specific business model. And I'm just going to run through a few examples. So let's say that your specific business model is a product, like you're making an equestrian product. We'll just go with that. So in that case, you have to look at your product and how is it used, right? Is it something that people buy once and they have it for a really long time? Is it something that people buy and then have to use again and again and again on a regular basis with their horse, like a supplement? Or the first one would be like a piece of tack? Or is it something that maybe has an upgrade or additional attributes that can be added to it or things in it that need to be replaced. I mean, you have to look at like, how does your customer use what it is that they purchased from you? Or do you have different versions of it? Do you maybe have a version that is less expensive and a version that's more expensive, a version that does more things than the other version did? So you have to look at that. Can a person move from version A to version B? So you've got to look at what your business model is. How does your business model work as a manufacturer? And from that point, you've got to look as how do people get pocketed in those things? Because you don't want to send an invitation to upgrade a product to somebody who already has the most upgraded version. As a consumer, that to me feels like you just don't care right? Like you're dumping me in the same bucket with everybody else. And maybe it's from the perspective of I know that you're dumping me in the bucket with everybody else and haven't gone through to take a look at who I am. It doesn't earn you brownie points with me. Let's put it that way as a consumer. So understanding that from a product perspective, let's say you're a tax store. In that particular case, if you're a tax store, you don't want to encourage the people who ride English, you don't want to send them information or contact them with Western imagery or a bunch of Western stuff because they're not interested in it. It's not their thing. Same thing goes the other way. You wouldn't want to do English to Western. Or there's a whole gated horse category, or you can even break it down further. There's some people who want to have, like, if in the Western industry, there's ranch people, and then there's another refinement for people who show Western pleasure, and there's another refinement for performance horses and on and on and on. So you have to look at your specific business, how your business is set up and how the consumers and customers in your business, what are their attributes? What are the things that make them unique? And those things that make them unique that will allow you to better communicate with them, to offer them either better service or more opportunities to purchase from you that are specific to them. The better you know your customer, the better these things happen. I had many, many years ago in one of my email trainings, the person who said this, I think was brilliant. Every marketing email that you send out should be well enough segmented in your database that that email feels like it was written personally to the person receiving it. And just let that sink in for a minute. If you are good in this process, you can create that. You can create a world where the communications that you put out feel like they're 
absolutely targeted specifically to that individual because they solve their specific problem and not to the myriad of other people in your business that don't have that specific problem. So it's a point of figuring that out for your business. One other scenario I want to say is service businesses. So in a service business, you may have different, you may have different levels of people. You have the people who come and go in your service business, like they come in, let's say you're a dog groomer. They bring their dog in every once in a while. Actually, some of them for dog groomers that are listening to this, they may be your painful customers who like wait till their dog is super matted before they bring it in and they're they agitate you <laughs> so maybe for those people you want to you know, like give them a specific segment don't tell them they're in that segment and maybe you send them extra extra little communications about they need to schedule their dog's grooming appointment or maybe you need to sort it out by breed some breeds of dogs need to be groomed more often than other breeds then you have your regular customers who like are coming in on a really regular basis and they're always bringing their dog in at a specific time and you might have a whole different reminder cycle for them than you would for the occasional person. You may want to have like the person who brings their dog in for the first time. You may want to have an entire follow-up system created for that individual about how to care for their dog after the groom and on and on to kind of get them to working into how you do things. And dear dog groomers, because I know you all are introverts out there, that's why you became dog groomers, because you prefer dogs (laughs) over people. Understand if you do this, if you put the time and effort into this, you can create systems where you're not the one who has to communicate. The system does the communication, friend. So you don't have to be constantly talking to people. Yay! You can spend more time with the dogs and less with humans. And I know that's super appealing because I know a lot of dog groomers. But it's a point of getting down for your specific business model exactly who and how you are communicating with people and how can you be more targeted and more effective and more efficient in your communications. And I always like to think of this part too, is how can I divide my customers up in a way that creates better customers for me that are more easy, more joyful to work with than they would be if I didn't communicate to them in this way. I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) No, I think that's awesome. And you've kind of led us into, I think, number three, which is develop a system. I mean, you've kind of led us right into that. So for me, that system has started with using my CRM and trying to learn that process. And that's where I'm at right now. Like, I feel like I'm sitting here, I've been watching video after video, just really learning how to, I've had this monster of a CRM that for years I've been paying for, and I only used bits and pieces of it to fit my need. And so now I really feel like I'm starting to put it to work and I'm going to have like a flowing system. And that's kind of like a, yay, it only took me how many years to like finally get to this place, but we're all a work in progress, every single one of us. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You're going to be celebrating that system because once the system is in place, then it gets off of your plate and the system starts to handle it. And when you do make that transition, it's like having an employee, but an employee who never calls in sick, who 
does their job <laughs> without fail exactly how you told them to do it, which is why you want to go through this whole process in figuring out how you want yeah. it to be, because you're going to choreograph it and that system is going to carry it out exactly like you told it to. So the end all to the system is that you have to figure out how you're communicating with your customers. If you communicate by email, which is the easiest probably to automate, then a CRM or email marketing software is what you need to create that system in. If you have a combination of live conversations with people or SMS text messaging or things like that added into it, then you probably need to up level from basic email marketing up into a CRM that can handle those things. Yeah. And then if you're at the baseline where you don't have a ton of customers yet, or you're a really small business, you can manage a lot of this using a spreadsheet, to be honest. It, it gets a little cumbersome once you get over about 100 people on there. It becomes a little cumbersome to use the spreadsheet. But for those of you who don't want to invest in some of this other software, it's a way that you can do it. Okay. Is there anything else that we want to add to this topic? I don't think so. I think we've covered it. All right. I am still looking for that episode. I just pulled up the episodes and I haven't found it yet. The one that we did where we talked all about customer journey, because I remember having the whole conversation about, what was his name? Eugene? Eugene Swartz. Yes. I remember yes, having Mr. the whole conversation. Schwartz is amazing. Yes. So I will find that and I'll put it in show notes for everyone. And that way you can refer back to it at a later date. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us today. Just a reminder, this episode, we covered the consumer, the customer journey, and then moving into consider how you want to really communicate with your customers to increase sales and improve just overall client experience. And then we touched a little bit on developing a system and how to get you started with that. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode today. Don't forget if you're a photographer or you want to learn more about photography or you just enjoy taking pictures, you can find us with our pal Phyllis Burchette, Phyllis Burchette Photo over on our other show, Cowgirls with Cameras. We'd love to have you join us over there. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.